Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. Hello. Talking about how to live a loving life. That's all we talk about all day long, every day, <laughs> in, in, in these podcasts. Because we believe every decision you ever make, as you know, it's either rooted in love or it's rooted in fear. In other words, I'm either doing what I believe is best for me without regard for you, or I'm doing what I believe is best for you without regard for me. And what we don't realize is the things that I think are best for me without regard for you are really not good for me at all. And, they're, and obviously, they're not good for you. And the things that are truly best for you are also best for me. That's their loving life. Jesus is our example. Today, we're going to talk about depression and and um don't just jump out of here i'm revisiting this we did this several months ago and i know some of you are thinking hey i ain't never been depressed i'm never going to be depressed and maybe you won't maybe you will but most certainly you know will know someone who is hopefully it's not someone close to you if, if you do you're gonna need some ammo and some understanding uh how to process it um when we talked about it last time we we i, I didn't expect the response we got it was um it was enormous, and um, it was awesome to have it, you know, to have the opportunity to reach out to people. And I got to talk to a lot of people after that, and I felt like we should revisit it. There's one common thing that comes up. I'll, I'll state this up front, and then I'll state it again later. Um, I try to share with people what I, how I believe they can find their way out, and um, but then when I talk to them months later, I'll say, "How you been doing on that?" and and they're like, well, I hadn't really been doing it. And I'm like, well, there you, you know, I, I don't know any other way. I don't, I don't know another solution. And it's so hard, you know, it's just hard to persevere in finding your way out. But I want to start by just painting a quick picture of what I think happens when we get depressed. Um, I don't, I, I do, I don't, I don't know what goes on in the brain. Okay. I don't, I think some people, some doctors have some idea of what's going on. They can kind of see things moving around, but they don't know exactly why everything is happening either. They kind of see what happens. They see the results of what happens, but they don't really see exactly what causes different things to happen. But here's what I believe, believe happens whenever we get, when someone gets depressed. And maybe not everyone will get depressed. Some people will. Some people, I think, may can't even get depressed. Like, I know a few people are like, man, if you haven't been depressed by now, you're never going <laughs> to be depressed. But, um, but here's what I think. I think, you, I think you, there's something happening in the brain. This, it's not just what we're dealing with. In other words, it's not just like we can walk off and leave it. I'm going to give you an example. It's like, it's like if, if you were put in front of a firing squad. Um, so you have this insane off-the-chart fear that is obsessed, you know, obviously you're obsessed with, you're blindfolded, you don't, you have no idea what's going to happen, but you can't see any possible good outcomes. That's usually how depression gets started is we, we have some crisis or something comes along in our life and it, it knocks us off of our feet and then it keeps us off of our feet. It doesn't, so it's, it's like in the case of the, in the example of the firing squad, if somebody blindfolds you, puts you in front of a firing squad and you thought you were going to die. You thought you were going to be shot. Your level of anxiety and fear and everything inside of you would be so off the chart. It would be unbelievable. But if you were there for five hours, six hours a day, or if you if they told you it's going to happen and you worried about it for a couple of days, and then you go before the firing squad, and then they pull your mask off and say, you know, um, we changed our mind. 
and you don't ever have to worry about going for the firing squad again, and it's over, you would have went through insane anxiety and fear and all kinds of things, but then you're going to be like the happiest person on the face of the planet. It's like, man, praise God. Like, it's over. And now you don't even have to worry about it anymore. I, I think you I think you can, many times, you instantly recover from that. No sign of depression. You know, it's just insane anxiety. But if someone puts you in, in that same situation and leaves you there for a couple of months, and then they come back and they say, good news, um, we're not going to execute you. And they let you go. You're insanely excited that you survived and you're not going to die. And you're and, 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 every, and everything that you were terrified of turned out to be not true at all. Everything you feared turned out to be not true. It was all for nothing. You will be excited, and and you and, and maybe if you can't get depressed, um, and, and maybe a small percentage of people, it would be over. That would be it. But a significant number of people would walk away from that excited, but then the next day they would get up, and all their fears would be gone, but something else would be wrong. They they would they they would not be who they were before all that started. They would not. In other words, if we, if I said, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" they might be like, "Man, I'll, I, that's all over with." But I'm not sure I want to go fishing. You know, hey, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling better, but I'm not sure how I feel. And so something has changed. And I don't think it's just that experience. I think because I went through this, it's as if I'm trying to paint a picture here. It's, it's as if you have these these something in your brain that wires a certain way. I don't think this is chemicals, I, although I have no idea if it's chemicals. Um, I, I think it's something that, that is, is just wired this certain way. And so in a normal, health, healthy person, there's something that is wired a certain way and that it takes a while to, to disconnect that wiring. So, so if you just put them through a, an insane amount of pressure for a short period of time, they snap out of it and, and they're fine. You know, it didn't change the wiring. But if you leave them there for weeks or for months, slowly, whatever is wired there starts to lose. It starts to lose its connection and something new and different gets wired. And it takes weeks and months for this new and different thing to get wired. And when the new and different thing gets wired, you can change everything just like you you couldn't rewire it quickly. You can't unwire it quickly. So they get depressed. They could, the, I, all their fears are gone in some cases. In some cases, the fears persist. and But they're wired differently, something in their head, because they can't enjoy anything. They literally just can't. They can't get excited about anything. Their, their, their new disposition is different than it was before they'll, they'll think that they're not even who they once were and in some sense they really aren't because something is wired differently then what you do and this is what i did you try to snap out of it so it's snapping out of it is kind of like getting put in front of the firing squad for a couple of days well you had the insane fear and then you get let off the hook and everything's fine like you didn't get depressed and so you didn't get you didn't snap into depression and there's no way you can snap out of depression so you so you try something for a little while, and it doesn't work, so you give up on it. And the, the problem is you can't do that. 
you know, I mean, you didn't get depressed by giving up on your fear. You got depressed by, by allowing your fear to, and maybe very justifiably so, allowing your fear to totally obsess you for weeks and months on end. And there's something happening in your brain that you didn't know was happening that was connecting a certain way that now has you where you are right now. The only way you can get out of that is to persist in the other direction long enough for the so for the original, the older, or better connections to be reestablished. And I see it like this. It's like, it's like, it's like if you had two different parts of the brain, and, and I'm not saying this is what it is, okay? I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. If you had these two different parts of the brain, and these things are growing roots or veins or some, what are connections, electrical currents, I don't know what it is, are growing a certain way, but a very slow pace based on what you're choosing to allow to consume you. Okay, your your brain doesn't determine what you think. It does what it does based on what you allow it to think. That's good. And I understand that things can be so consuming. It can be so difficult not to allow them to control what we think. But if you as long as we allow them to control what we think, our brain will be obedient to us. It will wire itself a certain way. But when we force ourselves and we have to force ourselves to think a different way, our brain is slowly wiring itself a different way. The problem is we can't see, feel, sense that progress. We have no idea it's happening. And so we can get halfway there or almost there. We can persist in the right thing. So the thing that I tell people to do is we have this, this uh, like, I don't know, we got like these eight or ten dog tags that have scriptures on them. We call it the Hope Kit. They're the scriptures that you, that you used to uh, read to me, you know, whenever I was, you know, and, and write on sticky notes for me and all these different things. You you would speak them to me, and and I would read, I would use these scriptures as because I couldn't figure out a way to think something different. I couldn't figure out how to how to to trust God's word and how to think on good things instead of all my fears all the time because my fears were obsessing me. How did, I, how did I not think about that all the time, all day long, every day? I wasn't trying to rewire my brain. I was trying to survive. And I just knew that I felt a little better when I did this. And so, but after I did it long enough, eventually it did rewire me. I was, I was floored and totally shocked whenever it did. I didn't expect it to happen. I didn't see it coming. So I give these to people. And by the way, if, if you want something to encourage you, just email us at Shields of Strength. Shieldofstrength.com is our email address. You can get on there or, or direct message me on Instagram. I'm at John Kennedy Vaughn. We don't want anything from you. We'll send you this like small package of dog tag necklaces. They're like military style dog tags. There's scriptures on both sides of them. And and these are the scriptures I spoke to myself. But but what I do is I, I encourage people with like this. I, I give them the dog tags. I tell them. And then I talked to them, you know, a couple months later, how you doing? And some of them are doing great. And, you know, and they're, they're, and they're finding their way. Some of them aren't doing any better. And so the first thing I always ask is, how are you doing on speaking God's word to yourself all day long, every day? Do you have every one of those scriptures memorized? Like, could you just spit them out right now like it was nothing? And, and they're like, well, I haven't been done doing so well on that. And I'm like, man, it's not going to work. You know, I'm going to give you an example. Some of y'all may have heard of a... Um, Zig Ziglar, and some of y'all probably haven't. We lost Zig not too long ago. He was like, I mean, before there was motivational speakers, there was Zig Ziglar, and and the guy was just rock solid. And uh, he was a sales coach and and, and a motivational speaker and all kinds of stuff. Um, 
you should look up some of his old stuff. He loved the Lord. Uh, just I, I could go on about him forever. But he had this illustration he did. And, and 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 when I watched him, and when you think about what he did, you knew he was like he was like, how do I get this through people's head? He's 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 like, how do I help people understand the importance of perseverance in the right direction? Like that 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 you can work and work and work and work and feel like nothing's happening. And this is how it works with depression, I believe. It's like you you're speaking this truth. You're 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 speaking God's word to yourself. You're doing these things, and, and these connections are now growing the right direction. The old connections that are starting to die, the wrong ones, the new ones are growing the right direction, but you can't sense or feel it, so you give up. But you know, too early. But what Zig would do is he'd bring this old water well pump up on stage. Like he'd literally bring this clunking, banging pump up on stage, wrap his arm around it, and put his hand on the lever on the other side. If you don't know what that is, Google it. You know, you'll see the old pump. And he was, and he. This is the illustration he gave. Okay, here's here's your problem. Here's what you do. He said, you just you make up your mind you're going to go a certain direction, and you start pumping. And he said it's like this pump right here. The water's 300 feet down in the well, and the pipe's full of air, and you start pumping. And he pump, he'd work that pipe and be like, he's working and working and working and working and he's keep going. He's like, come on, keep going, don't quit, don't quit, keep going, keep going. And then and then and then he said, you get tired, you get tired. He said, if you could see inside the pipe, the well, the water was almost to the to, to the pump, and you give up, and the water goes all the way back down to the bottom of the well. And then you decide you're gonna try it again, and you pump and you pump and you pump and you pump, and you keep going, keep going, keep, oh yeah. And he, and he just does this over and over and over again. And he says, what you didn't realize because you couldn't see it was each time the water was about to come out of the pump, and once the water came out of the pump. Every time you move the lever, it flows. But the problem is we give up too soon. And what I'm trying to tell you is in depression, I'm gonna t- this is what it looked like for me when I was coming out of this. And this, the reason I say these things are growing towards each other is because as I spoke God's word to myself relentlessly all day long, every day, and plenty of times I gave up and the water went back down to the bottom of the well, I'm sure, but as I persisted in that, just for my survival, that was my goal, just for my survival, because it was helping me survive. As I persisted in that, it was as if these old connections that had grown, that took me months to grow, that led me to this state of being that was depressed, were dying. I just couldn't see it. I didn't know it. And then I persisted in that long enough that one morning I woke up and they were like the worst part of every day for me was waking up. I don't, I don't know why. You know, some people can't sleep. Man, all I wanted to do was sleep. But the worst part was waking up because I, I don't, it, the suffering started again. And it was there the moment I woke up. But then this one morning I woke up and, and it, was, it was gone. It wasn't Kenny pulling himself up by the bootstraps. Wasn't uh, just this sudden epiphany I had. It wasn't. It was something changed in my brain. Something. And and so when I look back now, I think those new connections were growing, but they haven't reached yet. But they were close enough that somehow a signal could jump or whatever happens in there. You know, it could jump. It could make some kind of connection that for only a half a day, I felt normal again. And that encouraged me enough to keep speaking God's word to myself. And then it was probably a week later before I had another good half day. But then shortly after that, I had a whole day. And then we went to the beach. And I had five days in a row. That was 20-something years ago. 
and I'll never look back. But it's like it's like the water. It's like when you're pumping that well, you know, you think you're going nowhere, but the first water that shoots out of there, you instantly know. Though you thought it wasn't working, it is. And so you just now you pump harder and faster than ever, you know, and then a little more spits out of there, and then you pump harder and faster than ever, and then it flows like a river, man. And so I know a lot of people who are depressed think they'll never be who they once were or never be anything different than they are now, but that's all a lie. And I know it's insanely difficult to like, like it's like asking you to pump the water well when you, when you only have half an arm, you know, um, or when like you can't get out of bed, but I'm telling you, if you, if if you can't do anything else, you got to crawl out of bed. And if all you got is half an arm, you need to tape it to the well. And you need to push up and down with your legs. You like you you have to get going. And you can't expect this to change overnight. You have to persevere in speaking the truth of God's word to yourself relentlessly when it's making absolutely no difference. As long as it takes. If it takes weeks, if it takes months, if it takes years. The good news is it, it will help you in the process and eventually it will set you free. And then, and I'm talking about the vast majority of cases. I understand there's, there's some situations, um, there's some brain stuff going on that has absolutely nothing to do with anything I'm talking about. You know, it's a totally different kind of depression, but if you were not always depressed, if you, for, for nothing biologically happened to you, you just got afraid and you got consumed with your anxiety and with your fear for a long enough period of time that you're now depressed, you're in a depressed state of being, I have incredibly good news for you. You can find your way out. You really can. It's not going to be easy, but you can speak enough of God's words to yourself to find your way out of there, and it can give you some relief in the process. This is just a few scriptures that I've, I never battled depression, but I definitely battle with anxiety, and I can remember speaking aloud like that helped me speaking it aloud and just literally I would have to speak it over and over and over just I don't even know for how long um that's how it happens yeah relentlessly but this is just like three different scriptures one of them is second corinthians 10 5 and I do remember speaking this one like I said just over and over and over, just for minutes and minutes at a time. It's casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So I would say, I cast down imaginations. And I would, I would say, I bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then there's... Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So you have to take control of your thoughts. You have to 
bring those thoughts into captivity, like Second Corinthians 10, 5 was saying, and just give it to God. And it says that God's peace, the peace of God that transcends anything we can ever even imagine, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's only through Christ Jesus. And then I love this one. This is my go, one of my go-to scriptures, Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. Thou will keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because I trust in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord God you have an everlasting rock. So I just have to remind myself, God, help me. Help me keep my mind on thee. Help. It says, Thou will keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. So I have to pray, God, please help me to keep my mind on you. Help me to trust in thee. And I just, sometimes, like I said, sometimes I have to just say it over and over and over. And it's best for me to speak it aloud, like I said. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and when I was depressed, uh, I'm telling you, t- like 18 hours a day some days, like I, I almost didn't get anything done because all I would do is be to speak that to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and several other scriptures, Psalm 23 yeah. and Jeremiah 29, I mean, all, all the common ones and many more, relentlessly over and over and over. I know this, this sounds so simplistic, but listen to me. I mean, it's, it's, it's simplicity that got you here. The simplicity of being obsessed with maybe very justifiably so, some fear, some experience, some trauma, all of those different things, and allowing you... Allowing yourself, it's easier to get in because all you have to do is let yourself go where your feelings are taking you. Mm-hmm. And but but then in the end, you relentlessly gave those gave those thoughts life in in your brain, and 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 eventually it changes something. And you can re, you can choose. It's harder coming out because you're you're swimming upstream. You know, it's like trying to move the water up the water well. You know, when you stop pumping, you don't have to do anything. It just falls. It goes all the way back down. And you can just let it fall as long as it'll fall. All you have to do is sit there. But in the end, you're going to pay for it. And it's harder to get it going and get it going and, and, and pump it and move it back up. But as simple as it sounds, that's what you have to do. You have to relentlessly pour the truth of God's Word into your head. And I hope it helps you in some sense to know, like, it would have helped me if somebody could have told me what we're talking about here, hey Kenny, I know you're doing that and you're doing that, and and uh, you don't realize it, but man, everything's changing. You just can't feel it. Mm-hmm. You can't sense it, and um, but it is. And if you persevere long enough, a little water spits out of the well. Mm-hmm. You know, you have get up, wake up, and have a a, a, a normal nobody move. Please, yeah. it's like how much hope that gives you. Yeah. Then it gets easier, and then then all of a sudden, all you want to do is pump, you know, mm-hmm. and speak God's word to yourself, and um, and you can make a corner. But listen, we're praying for y'all, man. And, and and if you're here or you know someone who is here, what you can do when you see this in other people, I used to know. I, I would say I, before I got depressed, I never knew anyone that was depressed hardly. You know, I just, I just never saw it. I I didn't realize half people I was around. <laughs> Maybe they were. I just didn't know it. Once I was depressed, it's like I see it everywhere. You know, it sticks out like a sore thumb to me. But um, when you see this, the best thing you can do for people, I think, is realize that you need to 
not help them keep thinking what they're thinking, if you know what that is, you know, and usually they're going to start telling you if you talk to them much. Um, you, you need to counter that with truth and, and realize that, um, you know, that's not so insensitive. What's insensitive to me is to just help them, just, just to help them wallow in what they're in so that it gets worse. That's insensitive, but, and, and be kind, you know, be kind, speak the truth to them though. Remind them. Yeah, I understand all that, but that's not the truth. And this is the truth. And if you can't do any of that, you can, you can text them, you can write it on a sticky note, you can give them, you can write down a scripture or scriptures that speak the opposite of what you believe is resounding in their own minds and heads. And uh, if you can do that, you can, you can help them turn the tide. In the end, they're going to have to be the ones to make the decision. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's what, you may not know this, and I don't remember the numbers on it, I saw it somewhere, I read it somewhere, but, um, you know, what we talk about, we, when we speak and what we think about, what we verbalize, um, is, is a tiny fraction of what happens in our heads when we just think about things. In other words, I can think at 10 times the rate. I can speak and communicate by speaking. So it's what people sit around thinking about all the time that in the end, I believe, wires your brain a certain way. Mm-hmm. If it's what we're talking about, you know, if there's something else going on in your brain that's completely different, um, that may be a totally different scenario. But I would, I would, I would suggest that 90 plus percent of all depression is rooted in fear. And we got in front of the firing squad and we got left there for months. And when it finally went away, or maybe it's still there, um, we allowed ourselves in that process to be 100 percent consumed with our fears until it, changed, it did change something in our heads, and we don't just snap out of that, um, but we can come out of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So email us or call us or DM us if you want a set of those dog tags. We don't want anything. We don't need money. We're going to pay for your shipping. We're going to pay for the dog. We're going to pay for everything. We just don't want you to be depressed, okay? We love you, and God loves you, and um, you can find your way out. Amen. Till next time, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.